Here we go. Welcome on in to our Week 8 Big 12 Football Recap and Reaction Show. I'm your host, Pete Mundo. It is always great to be here with you. And another topsy-turvy week in the league. My goodness. You had Baylor beating Kansas 35-23 in a game that went back and forth, a tale of two halves. You had Texas Tech blowing out West Virginia 48-10. Oklahoma State and Texas, what a great game. Game of the week by far. Cowboys win at 41-34, and uh, TCU beats K-State 38-28 in the nightcap. So we appreciate you joining us. Facebook Live, we appreciate it. YouTube, hey, YouTube subscribers. If you're, if you're watching on YouTube and haven't subscribed, subscribe to the show. And then, of course, on the podcast, you guys are always the best. Uh, leave us that rating, review, and subscribe. Helps us tremendously continue to build this show and uh, reach even more Big 12 fans each and every single day. So let's talk about the week and let's go in order of the games. We'll start with Baylor and Kansas. That game was uh, in Waco on Saturday. So tale of two halves. Baylor led 28-3 at halftime, and then Kansas kind of came steadily marching back, pulled it to a one-score game until eventually uh, Baylor was able to you know, get the ball back, score a touchdown, and seal that victory by 12 points. Uh, I'm looking at this Kansas team as the losing team and saying, you know, 28-3, they trail on the road. They've lost two in a row. They've got injuries, backup quarterback, the whole thing, and... What do they do at 28-3? They go to the locker room. They regroup. They put together a really strong second half, and they almost come back to win the game. I, it's just, it is, un, even in a loss, I'm not going to blow smoke up Lance Leipold's backside. I'm really not. But even in a loss, I'm looking at this program, I'm looking at this team, and I'm saying, gosh, dang, how do you not love how Lance Leipold has these guys playing. Now, they've lost three in a row. I get it. That's not good. But Kansas is going to get to a bowl game. It is going to be a huge step forward this season that nobody would have ever expected considering the over-under was two and a half wins. And, you know, when you're down 28-3 and you're able to kind of fight on the road, you've lost two in a row and almost come back. I mean, that's, that's the kind of stuff that says a lot about the coaching staff. And I'll talk about a coaching staff coming up that's doing the opposite of that right now in Morgantown, West Virginia. But that was my big takeaway when it comes to uh, what Kansas almost pulled off yesterday, despite the fact that they didn't have their best stuff. But I'm looking at Baylor and I'm saying, okay, this was an elimination game for the Big 12 championship race. Now, Baylor's still a long shot sitting at 2-2 two and two in conference play, but the loser of this game was unofficially out of the Big 12 championship running. And Baylor is a team I thought would play for a Big 12 title again this year. I thought they could repeat as Big 12 champs. And unfortunately for them, it hasn't worked out that way this season thus far. But the way they played yesterday, Richard Reese, the running back, tore up the Kansas defense. 31 carries, 186 yards, and a couple of scores. That was the guy that I mentioned to watch leading up to this game because I knew, and you know, we all knew, the Kansas rush defense was suspect, and Reese, but Reese far exceeded my expectations with that kind of a game. But he tore up, absolutely tore up the uh, the Kansas run defense. And then on the other side of the ball, finally you saw Baylor win this game in the trenches in a way that I thought they would throughout the season, but really hadn't. They held Kansas to two and a half rushing yards per carry. 
56 total rushing yards on the afternoon for the Kansas Jayhawks. That's the kind of stuff that I expected to see more of this season from Baylor. And we really hadn't seen that so far this season. So that was impressive to watch that run defense in action. Now, I know a lot of that, too, was just the reality of the fact that, um, you know, Kansas was behind. They had to start slinging the ball around, and that's how it had to go. But still, I thought Baylor, coming off that really tough loss at West Virginia, obviously lost Blake Shapen in that game. He was back on Saturday, and he was okay. You know, he's still kind of getting back and comfortable. But uh, they showed me a lot. So kudos to the Bears. They get a good win on Saturday against Kansas, 35-23 to a 23 in that game. Now, next up in our uh, Big 12 football recap and reaction show, Texas Tech against West Virginia. The Red Raiders dominate 48-10. to 10. Now, with all due respect to Texas Tech, and I genuinely mean that. West Virginia has no business losing this game 48-10. This game and the way it played out and the final score is a complete indictment on Neil Brown and this coaching staff. That was embarrassing. Neil Brown and West Virginia should be walking home after that game. That's how pathetic that game was for the Mountaineers. Like, I think Tech's a good team, but are you kidding me? 48-10? No. No, 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 no. It was pathetic. I mean, Texas Tech put up 239 rushing yards over nearly four and a half yards per carry. Xavier White had a monster game at wide receiver for the Red Raiders. And, you know, look at this. Texas Tech had given up 23 sacks in six games coming into this one. 23 sacks in six games, right? I mean, that's a huge number. What did West Virginia do yesterday? One sack. One sack and three quarterback hurries against the worst offensive line in the entire Big 12. That is embarrassing. West Virginia looked like it didn't want to be there. I mean, and you know, this is really... Uh, duplicating how they played a couple of weeks ago on the road against Texas. They were down 28 zip in the blink of an eye. In this one, they were down, you know, 17 to three at halftime. And then it only got worse in the second half. They got outscored in the second half, 31 to seven. I'm sorry. I mean, it is, it's, it's bad in Morgantown right now. It's bad. And I don't know how many of you West Virginia fans are still trusting the climb, but I'm not quite sure why you would. Like, what would you trust the climb over? How would you trust the climb? What are you trusting it because of? Those are the questions that I have for West Virginia fans. Now, to Texas Tech's credit, Tech did a very good job, and Tech's defense is underrated. Tech's defense had uh, six tackles for loss in the day. They did a nice job. We know, you know, they picked off JT Daniels three times. Kudos to them. And then offensively, Taj Brooks, Xavier White, Baron Morton. I mean, that, that can be a pretty nice lethal uh, trio here down the stretch of the season. Baron Morton's got to be QB1 for Texas Tech. Uh, there's, there's no quarterback controversy in Lubbock. It's Baron Morton's team. 
I would just roll with that dude. Roll with the hot hand. He looks like the real deal. Baron Morton looks like the kind of guy, if you continue to build the team around him, you can get, uh, you, you can compete. I'm not going to say win, but Tech can compete for Big 12 titles with Baron Morton, depending on what they've got around him. I am in that impressed with him against Oklahoma State and now against West Virginia. So I, I, you, you ride that guy. He was 28 of 45, 325 yards and a couple of scores. That's what you do with a guy who's that, got that kind of talent at the position. He's got the confidence. He's got the swagger. Um, he's got the accuracy. I really like what Baron Morton brings to the table for the, uh, for the Texas Tech Red Raiders at quarterback, and I would just ride him the rest of the way. And then, you know, you, you've got talent at the skill positions, which we knew. I mean, I think it was nine different Red Raiders caught passes in the first half of that game on Saturday. There's depth there. There's no doubt about it. There's depth there. It's very, very impressive to watch. The defense has come a long way. The big question has always been the offensive line, and and I still don't think it's a very good offensive line. But you know what? If it's getting better and improving, then things are looking up very quickly for Texas Tech, sitting at four and three overall and two and two in conference play, and still technically in the hunt. I mean, if Texas is in the hunt for the Big Twelve title at what two and two in conference play, then you got to admit that. Texas Tech should be in the hunt because they're two and two and they've got the head-to-head tiebreaker against Texas. And excuse me, Texas is three and two in conference play. So let's now talk about those Texas Longhorns who lost to Oklahoma State 41 to 34 in what was the game of the week in the Big 12 Conference, hands down. No doubt about it. This was an out, this was a classic game between Oklahoma State and Texas. And this is why, you know, I took Oklahoma State to cover the spread. My picks went 3-1 and one against the spread this week, by the way. So we're uh, the last two weeks, we are 6-2 and two against the spread in our Big 12 picks. So we are rolling on those Big 12 picks. The only one I missed was uh, I had West Virginia plus 6. What a dopey pick that was. But anyway, classic back-and-forth game. Um, these two teams have now played the last six games in a row have been decided by eight points or less. So they just, Texas, Oklahoma State, they play great games against each other. This game came down to home field. It played a role. It's why I like the Cowboys to cover the number. And Spencer Sanders, I don't know what's going on injury-wise. I have no idea if anything's happening with that shoulder, but I know this much. 34 of 57, 391 yards, Two touchdowns, uh, the guy in a big spot against the Texas Longhorns was, for the most part, money in that game. And that's what you got to love about Spencer Sanders and what he brings to the table. I mean, old school, hard-nosed, tough dude, knows this team, knows the program, is confident in every situation, and it showed, and it rubs off on his guys, not just on that final drive when he hits Bryson Green for the game winner, but, I mean, just throughout the game, you could see it. Even when they were trailing, it never really felt like there was a lot of concern on that sideline. Even when Texas went up 21-10, it was like, okay, calm down, let's get a response, and after Texas goes up 21-10 in the second quarter on what was a quick strike, uh, the Cowboys responded. They responded with an eight-play drive for 75 yards. 
So, uh, you know, they, they were able to get right back in the game. Texas then had a 31-17 lead at one point. But even at that point, Texas goes up 31-17, which followed a Spencer Sanders interception. Remember that. And what do they do? Quick strike. Three plays, 85 yards, and a touchdown. And boom, they're back in the mix. I mean, they are just right back in it. And then, you know, you get that thing to a touchdown at halftime. And then the second half, you do what you got to do. And kudos to this defense. This defense that held uh, held Texas to just three points in the second half. Oklahoma State outscored them 17-3 to in that second half. So, I mean, it was just everything uh, that you wanted to see from Oklahoma State in that environment against the Longhorns, who everyone's again hyping up and saying, oh, watch out, here comes Texas. They're going to win the Big 12 and the whole thing. And Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy say not so fast. Now, who knows how things would have been different because as if you were watching the game, it's 41-34 Oklahoma State um, after the uh, big go-ahead touchdown to Bryson Green. And Quinn Ewers throws an interception, but then Oklahoma State... Uh, has a three-and-out punt. Texas gets the ball back, and an eight-play drive ended with a Kendall Daniels interception. But a couple plays before that, Quinn Ewers had Xavier Worthy wide open in the end zone, and it looked like Worthy kind of tripped over himself a little bit and was not able to haul it in. That would have made it a tie game, extra point pending, and who knows how that game is different. But Quinn Ewers looked very average, in this game, 19 of 49. Let me repeat that, 19 of 49. And the other reason I like the Cowboys in this game last week, if you heard my preview show, which I hope however you're getting this show now, you listen to our Heartland College Sports uh, Picks Against the Spread preview show that we drop on podcast and YouTube um, Thursday nights. But I said, this is the hardest road game and road environment Quinn Ewers will have played in in his entire life. Dude hadn't started a road game since uh, high school two years ago because he redshirted last year at Ohio State. And then, you know, this year, his games, since he was injured, most of his games were in Austin. This was by far the most difficult road environment of Quinn Ewers' career. And it showed at times. And you got to give Oklahoma State's defense that, you know, was able to... uh, I mean, they didn't get to him a lot. I, I was shocked that the numbers were as big as they were. They only sacked Quinn Ewers once, but they had 13 quarterback hurries. 13 quarterback hurries. Colin Oliver uh, looked like he was all over Quinn Ewers on a couple of occasions, but they ended up just being quarterback hurries. But either way, they made life difficult. They made life uncomfortable for Quinn Ewers. And it worked really effectively, and it worked really well. And you got to give... Uh, this Oklahoma State defense credit that's coming along. Heck, they lost Brandon Evers before the game or earlier in the week. He announced that he was going to stop playing this year and prepare for the NFL draft. So I think that's lame, but whatever. It is what it is. And, I mean, I'm sitting here watching this thing and saying to myself, this defensive line looks as good as ever. I mean, it was so impressive to watch them. And Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy, you got to say this, Mike Gundy's continuing to be – I know he, you know, him and Casey Dunn, you can make a strong case, lost that game against TCU last week with their conservative play calling. But all in all, Mike Gundy and this team is, uh, I think Mike Gundy's the most underrated college football coach in America. 
And I, I really, I don't think it's close. You talk about a guy that's always got his team, it feels like, in the top 10, top 15. They are always competing for a Big 12 championship as we hit down the home stretch of the season. Like, it's just clear as day that this guy, from an underappreciation standpoint, is at the top of the list in college football. Doesn't get the national attention, doesn't get hyped up like some of these other guys. And you know what? He's just there every year. Right in the thick of a Big 12 hunt, beating Texas, like uh, competing for Big 12 championships, ranked in the top 10, ranked in the top 15, and he doesn't even have the top brand in his own state, technically. Like, what does that tell you about Mike Gundy? So that was a great game on Saturday against Texas. Kudos to Gundy. Kudos to the Cowboys. They had the more veteran quarterback. They were at home and, uh, you know, the better head coach. So that's a good combo to have to come out with a victory, and that's exactly what Oklahoma State did. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com is, of course, how you find us covering uh, the Big 12 Conference top to bottom. Subscribe to this show on YouTube and elsewhere. If you don't, podcast, of course, is a great way to find us. Uh, let's continue with the games and now talk about TCU and Kansas State. Well, uh, TCU... TCU, yes, ends up, of course, winning the game 38-28 to on Saturday night. And um, injuries, a big storyline, of course. Now, give TCU credit. They're down 28-10, and they end up coming back to win. But do I think they win if Will Howard doesn't go down? I don't think so. I don't. I mean, once Jake Rubley came in, you knew the Wildcats were in trouble in this game. There's no doubt about it. That was problematic. That's when you knew things were going to start going sideways, potentially. But I'll say this about TCU. I, you know, just like what we've talked about here throughout the afternoon, I, they don't give up. They do not give up. They were down 17 points against Oklahoma State last week at home. They came back, they won. They were down 17 points or 18 points on Saturday night against K-State. Came back and they won. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where even literally they go down 28 to 10 and they have a turnover on downs. Then they force K-State into a quick three and out. They score a touchdown. And that touchdown before halftime was, to me, the game. Getting it to 28-17 with a 10-play, 91-yard drive before halftime was a huge, huge reason that I think TCU carried that momentum into the second half. They scored a touchdown right out of the gates to start the third quarter, 13 plays, uh, 77 yards, and then K-State misses a field goal, and all the momentum at that point, I mean, it was a 44-yard miss at that point, um, all the momentum, if it wasn't already with TCU, is with TCU, and they score again. That touchdown before the half led to three straight touchdown drives. That was uh, the difference in this game and a big reason that um, TCU was able to come back and win it, 38-28. And now TCU, now they don't want to make a habit of going down 17, 18 points in games and trying to come back and win, but uh, you know they're 7-0, and they're in the top 10, they're in the driver's seat in the Big 12 Conference, and for K-State, they dropped their first Big 12 game of the year, 3-1 and in conference play, 5-2 and overall. And uh, it was a very good Big 12 battle. I don't think I don't think anything dirty is happening here with TCU. 
I mean, people keep bringing up that the last four weeks, TCU's ended up playing a backup quarterback in some way, shape, or form. Starting quarterbacks have left their games against TCU. I don't think you can take anything away from TCU. I don't see anything dirty, malicious happening uh, from the TCU defense on purpose to cause this consistently. A little bit of luck, and luck's never something that you should apologize for in, uh, in sports, college football or any other sport for that matter. But you know what? They got the victory. They're 7-0. Um, do I think they go undefeated in the Big 12? No, no. They're going to slip up. But for right now, this team is the class of this conference. There's no doubt about it. They're the class of this conference. And for K-State, you hate to see the injuries um, pile up the way they have. Even Deuce Vaughn had to leave the game for a little bit. But uh, all in all, you know, K-State, in terms of getting to a Big 12 championship game, it's still all in front of them, right? I mean, you think about it, and it's still all in front of them. They got Oklahoma State coming to Manhattan this weekend. That's a huge game. Now, if they lose that, you got some concerns, but they control their own destiny, which I hate using the cliche, but they do, and they can control their own destiny here going forward. They just got to get back on track uh, next weekend. So there's really, you look at it, there's really three tiers as I see it, or two, two tiers in the Big 12 right now that can compete for a Big 12 championship. There's two tiers that can compete for a Big 12 championship. The top tier, if you look at it, is TCU, K-State, Oklahoma State. And then that second tier is Texas, Baylor, Texas Tech. Those are the tiers right now. If you were to look at these league, look at this league and say, how is it breaking down? And everybody else, as far as I'm concerned, on the outside looking in. The other four, of course, being Kansas, West Virginia, Oklahoma, Iowa State. They're on the outside looking in, no doubt about it. Uh, let's look at some of your comments on Facebook Live. Happy Sunday, Pete. Happy Sunday to you. Uh, can you agree Clemson's not the number five school in the country? I agree. TCU's better than Clemson. Uh, Baron Morton's the man. Uh, let's see. Texas Tech's defense stopped the game from being a shootout. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Texas Tech's defense was good, but on top of that, you had a situation where um, the offense for West Virginia didn't certainly didn't do itself any favors at all. I mean, it was terrible, terrible to watch that uh, watch that side of the ball try to put th- put things together for the Mountaineers. So uh, that was that was ugly. Now we do have kickoff times got confirmed for next week. We were waiting on a couple of games. Uh, kickoff times, TCU West Virginia is going to be at noon Eastern, 11 Central. Oklahoma State K-State will be a 2.30 Central time game. So now you can mark your calendars on those. Appreciate you guys being here. I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is, of course, how you find us. Heartland College Sports Weekly is our uh, show. That's on YouTube. That's, of course, on Facebook Live right now. And subscribe to us in both those places. And, as always, the podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. we got those free koozies. I'm going to uh, flash them on Facebook and YouTube. You can see them for yourself. I send them out. Heartland College Sports Koozies, the only way to get them. Rate, review, subscribe to the show on iTunes, and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. So appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.